0: Good morning. My name is the Reverend Bob Massey of St. James Church in Porter Square. And today I greet all my brothers and sisters from that community and also from Christ Church in Cambridge for this joint preaching series. Today we are celebrating the fourth and last Sunday of Advent, our season of expectation and preparation for the birth of Jesus. And our reading today focuses on Mary, the mother of Jesus, on tells about her visit from the angel Gabriel, her response to the news of her unexpected pregnancy, and then her visit to her cousin Elizabeth. Now, both women are strangely pregnant. In the case of Elizabeth, she is said to be so far past childbearing years that when another angel visited her husband, Zechariah, and told him that she was going to have a baby, he simply didn't believe it. And by the time of Elizabeth's uh, reception of Mary as a visitor, she was already uh, six months along and bearing the baby who would eventually become John the Baptist. Now, Mary had come because she couldn't quite believe the news that she had heard that she too was pregnant and was going to give birth. And the two women come together to try to understand what has happened and to try to support each other. Almost 40 years ago, I was a chaplain in a small school in New York City. And my responsibilities included teaching Bible uh, to third and fourth and fifth graders, one hour a week. And one day I found myself talking about Mary to a group of eight-year-olds. And I asked, what sort of young woman do you think Mary was like? And one very sincere little girl raised her hand and she said, Mary was very religious and a Catholic. Well, that's not quite right, but it is true that in our own day, most of us are familiar with Mary because she is looking out at us quietly from a locket or a painting or an icon. But the Bible shows her to be a wonderful combination of strength and humility who reacts to the news of her pregnancy with a very human response. She wondered what kind of message this would be, but she does not reject it. And so she decides to trust, but verify, and then heads off to see if her cousin cousin is in fact pregnant. And we hear that when they actually met, John jumped in the womb that was a way both for the scripture writers and in the story of Jesus to show that John was not the Messiah and that he acknowledged Jesus right from the beginning as greater than he as the gospel of John says John came for testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him he was not the light but he came to bear witness to the light and mary responds by proclaiming that the birth of jesus is the fulfillment of god's ancient promise to bring healing and justice and a reversal of power into our world as mary says my soul Glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts, and he has brought down rulers from their thrones and lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich empty away. So it's pretty clear that Mary understands. something extraordinary something revolutionary is happening through her both mary and elizabeth are shown as full of strength and faith and patience women who are willing to carry their heavy loads as they participate in the transformation of humanity this is unlike the portrayal of most of the men in the new testament who are almost always shown to be arrogant restless, unreliable, and often straight-up stupid. Mary and Elizabeth are incarnations, physical examples of what all Christians are called to do, to wait upon the future, to be ready for whatever comes, to accept what they know and what they can do with strength and humility, even as they understand there are many things they cannot predict or control. In the English language, we have a single word that does double duty in this situation. When a woman is pregnant, we say that she is expecting a baby. And much of our spiritual lives is about how to live in a world when we are expecting things that are unknown about the future. Now, in Advent, we have been asked to stop and think carefully about what we accept, expect, what we anticipate, what we believe in and what we hope for. In Advent, we are asked to balance our commitments and our uncertainty. Now, I'd like to show you a picture of two people who are living through their own period of waiting right now. Now, some of you might know the man, but I doubt you fully recognize him this is my son, John, now 31, and as you can see, he has not cut his hair or his beard since last March. And beside him is his wife, Bonnie. And they're expecting their first child, who will be Aunt and my first grandchild. Now, what does it mean for them to expect? Well, it means that they are due to have a baby at the end of March, but it also means that they are imagining the future and getting ready for that time even though there are so many things they don't know. They don't know the sex of their baby. They're choosing not to know. They don't know the exact birth date. They don't know what the experience of birth will be like, what the personality of their new child will be like, or what being a parent will be like. So they are preparing. After years of reflection, particularly on Bonnie's part, on whether it even makes sense to have children in this damaged world, they got married and they committed themselves to that generation of new life. And after months and months of searching, they recently found and bought a modest house in Salem and they moved in about three weeks ago. And since then, they have been working relentlessly to transform this house for their new roommate who is after all already living there in a way. They're cleaning and pulling up rugs and painting rooms and buying baby furniture and baby gear, much of it used both for financial and ecological reasons. They're reading books, especially The Dad's Guide to Pregnancy for Dummies that my son has said was really quite useful every day brings them closer and closer to a complete transformation of their lives. When they're going to enter into a new and transformative relationship with another being who they will love and cherish and think about almost constantly for the rest of their lives. So in the stories of Mary and Elizabeth and Bonnie and John, we can begin to see all the connections to the season of Advent. The core theme of Advent, And the core theme of a life of faith is that we are asked to embrace and to try to live by promises that were made in the past, even though we do not know what lies in the future. Over and over again, we hear from the Gospels and from Hebrew Scripture that the essence of God's presence is that God takes old promises and even old wounds and transforms them into new realities as it says in the prophet isaiah behold i will do a new thing now it shall spring forth shall ye not know it i will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert but new things can be challenging in french and italian the verb to come is venir or venire, both from the same latin root And in Latin, advenire means both to go and to arrive. So advent means that we're going somewhere or something's about to arrive. And over time, people realize that when you go somewhere, a lot of unexpected things can happen. Any journey can become an adventure. An adventurer is a daring, exciting, and sometimes hazardous exploration of unknown territory calling for enterprise and enthusiasm. Isn't that a great definition of parenting? And it should be a definition of our individual and collective lives of faith. Again, a daring, exciting, and sometimes hazardous exploration of unknown territory calling for enterprise and and enthusiasm. So that's what, as we reach the end of Advent, we should be learning from each other and from all about to be parents, and especially from pregnant women. We in our lives in this country right now, we are living in what might be called a pregnant pause, full of meaning and significance and hope. This is the season of preparation and a little nervousness because we are all expecting Jesus. Not just the arrival of Jesus, but the adventure of Jesus in which we choose to enter a world and a future beyond anything that we can imagine. So let me tell you one final story about how difficult it can be when, and how frustrating it can be when we're longing to see something or someone, but it just hasn't happened yet. This is a story about our daughter, Katie, who's now 22. But when she was two and a half, almost exactly 20 years ago, she attended a Christmas pageant led by our former rector, Michael Povey. Now, Michael had a dramatic streak and to make the story as vivid as possible, he put together a portrayal of the manger scene using almost lifelike cardboard figures. He brought out the cardboard shepherds and the cardboard animals. He set them up and he said theatrically, I think I'm done. And then he paused and said, no, no, wait, I've forgotten something. And he disappeared from in front of the altar. Then he brought cardboard kings and lined them up. I think I'm done. No, wait, I've forgotten something. And he returned a third time with a cardboard Joseph and a cardboard Mary. And he set them up and stood back, folded his arms and said, great, now I really am done. At which point, Katie, who is dressed in a lovely Christmas dress, was exploding with such excitement and anticipation and frustration that she actually stood up on the bench in her pew and she couldn't put up with it anymore. No, she shouted in a loud voice that echoed from one end to the church to the other. I want to see Jesus. And she was very surprised when the entire packed church burst out laughing. But that's the essence of a life in faith in Christ. We hope, we anticipate, we expect, and we prepare because we want to see Jesus to experience the healing and the joy that is a gift from God. We're only a few days away from the moment when that gift will be given. And we will see again what God has done and the adventure on which he has set each of us and all of us. Then we can turn and wish each other Merry Christmas. Not yet, but soon. And in the meantime, as Charles Dickens said, God bless us, everyone. Amen.